Fire Pit Creative Group presents Aftermath Episode 11 Out of the Blue into the Black In the mid-21st century, conflict, disease, and destruction forced 3,000 men and women into the Phoenix Project, a subterranean world protecting survivors from the wasteland above. A generation later, technology allowed General Benjamin Castro, Major Leonard McGillicuddy, and Dr. John Bath to transmit their minds into simulacra, robotic bodies. With the aid of Administrator Daniel Devenu, Physician Miral Ganaya, and Engineer Donna Chang, Castro, Cuddy, and Bath sought to explore the surface to determine what happened and if those underground could return. General Castro, Cuddy, and Dr. Bath navigated a two-story boat from Liberty Island toward Manhattan. Soon, Cuddy saw mutants wielding torches and weapons. The mutants gathered along the shoreline of Battery Park, firing rifles at the trio. After a brief discussion, Castro ordered Major McGillicuddy and Dr. Bath to leap overboard. Their simulacrum bodies unhindered by the need for oxygen, Bath and Cuddy descended to the underwater road between Brooklyn and Manhattan. Cuddy pried open a hatch. Bath dropped through the portal, disappearing from the Major's sight. Surrounded by polluted water, Cuddy pulled the hatch closed behind him and followed his fellow explorer, plunging into the depths of the tunnels below. Cuddy shouted as he was deposited into a wide room filled with sewage, scrap metal, and corpses. Damn it! A consistent spray of water followed Cuddy from the wide pipe in the ceiling of the room. Cuddy! Dr. Bath called from a narrow ledge nearby. Yeah, I'm here. The Major waved a hand over his head. He looked around the room. Some walls were curved, others square. What the hell is this place? Are you okay? Bath asked as the Major trudged through the murky water. Cuddy turned, glancing up at water flowing from the portal in the ceiling. I'm fine. I closed the hatch as best I could, but... We've got to get out of here. Yeah, Bath agreed. He reached for Cuddy. Here, you can get a foothold along the walls. Wait, where's General Castro? Cuddy climbed up the narrow iron ridge next to Dr. Bath. I thought he was behind me, Cuddy shrugged, instinctively flinging wet, brown slime from his dark but shiny skin. Cuddy gazed around the wrecked room furtively, wondering if there was anything they could salvage. What is that? He nodded at a mass of bloated flesh. Their bodies, Bath spoke somberly, corpses. The Major balanced himself on the ledge. This room is full of them. They must have come from further down in the tunnels, Bath replied. I'm sure there are vehicles down here. These tunnels are filled with water, bodies, and toxins, but these bodies haven't been down here long. They're not decomposed. The doctor looked away from the bodies floating in the discolored sludge around them. They may have been survivors trying to escape the burrows into Manhattan. 
or vice versa. Or, Cuddy added, they could have been living down here, trying to get away from those mutants up on the surface. What about General Castro? Bath asked. Should we wait for him? Cuddy looked at the drain in the ceiling, then left and right down the dim, spiraling tunnel. He was unsure of what they should do, but he wasn't going to admit that to Bath. There's almost three miles of tunnel between us and the city, Bath explained. If something did happen to Castro on the surface, at least his living body is still back in the Phoenix Project, in the laboratory. He's... All right, Cuddy said, waving his hand sharply. Shut up a second and let me think. Bath persisted. You said it yourself, Cuddy. This room is going to fill up with water. He slid along the ledge with his back to the wall. We have to find higher ground or some way to close off this room. Yeah, okay. Cuddy walked closer to Bath. But you're behind me, understand? Yep. Bath pointed north into the darkness. The two men walked in silence, each of them cautious of where they stepped. Bath knew little about how the underwater tunnels connected the city and its burrows. He recalled what he knew about the area, its geography. Cuddy wondered if General Castro's robot body was damaged by the mutants and scavengers gathered along the shoreline. He blamed himself for letting the General push him from the ferry into the water. If the General's simulacrum couldn't be repaired, would Cuddy or Bath be grounded from the mission? Finally, Bath broke the silence. We left everything on the ferry, he said. The twine, cable, flares. Yeah, and the parts Chang swiped from the workshop, Cuddy groaned. Damn it. Cuddy's pace slowed, then stopped. What the hell was that? He whispered to Bath. The professor turned, following Cuddy's gaze into the darkness. There, he saw large, round eyes glinting. The creature came closer. I've never seen a rat that big. Cuddy's robotic eyes zoomed in, focused, and sharpened the image of the creature before him. Definitely a mutation, Bath said. They're swarming. Cuddy nodded to the curved walls of the tunnels. They're all around us. Back up, Doc. Instinctively, Major McGillicuddy positioned himself in front of Dr. Bath, as if protecting his fellow explorer. They trudged through the water, cautiously at first. Then, Cuddy gave the order for them to run. Cuddy produced a sharpened piece of metal from his wet coveralls. I wish I had a gun, but this is going to have to do. Dr. Bath balanced himself, pausing to watch his companion attack the giant rats. Son of a bitch! Cuddy plunged the metal blade into one of the creatures, twisting it behind its squinting eye socket. What's that? Bath asked. Cuddy replied without turning. A shank I made when you were out of action last night. Cuddy continued repelling the rodents, gouging one, then another. I'll be damned if I'm crawling under New York without protection. A flash caught Bath's eye. A light, the doctor shouted. Without warning, a rifle shot rang out in the metal cavern. Get down, Cuddy ordered. Who's shooting at us now? Bath panicked, looking up and down the tunnel. He could barely see over Cuddy's shoulder. More of those mutants? I don't think it's us they're after, Cuddy said grappling with one of the broad-fanged rats. Suddenly, a bullet penetrated the animal's skull, splattering thick, brown blood and pus on the Major's pseudoskin and coveralls. Look! Bath pointed in the opposite direction of the gunfire. They're retreating. The rats are going back into the walls. Yeah. Cuddy pushed Bath down against the metal ledge. 
Get down. As the mutated rodents fled, scampering into narrow crevices in the walls, Cuddy and Bass saw the shape of a young man step out of the darkness. You there. The boy's voice was distant, shaky. Best get out of the way, or, or I'll blow your face off. Cuddy knelt, exposing his torso, taking a chance. We don't want any trouble. He watched the silhouette several meters away. Before Cuddy or Bath knew he was there, someone else crept up behind them. They're not mouths, Kick, the nearby man said to the boy. You're not mouths, are you? His voice was close. If he wanted to, he could dispatch Cuddy and Bath as swiftly as he did the rats. Mouths? Cuddy asked. We're not mutants, if that's what you mean. Cuddy and Bath separated, putting space between them. Bath held up his hands. Cuddy balled his fist, prepared. A few moments passed. The man looked Cuddy and Bath over, but they could barely make out his features. Fair enough, the man finally said, apparently satisfied they were little threat to him. Grab your meat. Come with me. Meat? Cuddy asked. I think he means the rats, Bath whispered as he struggled to his feet. Look, he said to the man with the gun, you don't understand. I don't eat meat. Shut up, Bath. Cuddy stood. He hid his bloody shank in his coveralls, grabbed the rat. I'm a vegetarian, Bath protested as they followed behind the man. The older man called out to the young man in the distance. Come on, Kick. They all right. When the young man joined them, Cuddy's robotic eyes focused. He now saw that it was just a boy carrying the rifle. What's a vegetarian? The boy asked. As if they knew the tunnels well, the older man and the boy led Cuddy and Bath along the walls down the underwater roadway. Me and Kick are on a recon, the man explained. Saw you guys fell in the morgue a ways back. The morgue? Bath asked. The man kept walking without elaborating. Rats and Leviathan live up in these parts. Feed off bits and pieces of dead kitties back where you come from. Take them back to their holes. You lucky me and Kick here were out hunting scratch. Leviathan? Bath asked, edging his way past Cuddy so he could speak directly to the man leading them. You mean alligators? Nah, the boy, Kick, said. He means Leviathan. Cuddy turned to Kick, then back to the man in front of them. Yeah, so... You're not like the rest of the folks we've run into around here. Them's mouths, the man replied. Freaks, mutates, whatever you want to call them. What do you call yourselves? Bath asked. He looked back. What kind of name is Kick? Well, what's your name? The boy shrugged. I'm Leonard, the major said. They call me Cuddy. This is Dr. Er, John Bath. The leader turned, nodded at both of the explorers. Damn nice to meet survivors like us. Survivors, Bath said. So you're from New York? New Jersey originally, the man said. We was in a sweatshop set up in Flushing Meadows for a while. You know, the old Mets stadium? Mets? Bath asked. The man continued. Broke out and come this way. Better living in a wasteland than being packed like sardines in a con camp. Where are you guys from? Kick asked. Bath looked back at Cuddy. It was clear from their silent communication, neither man was ready to explain who they were or how they got there. It's complicated, Cuddy replied. Huh. That's so. The leader stopped before a rusted metal door in the wall. Well, here we are. Climb on up this way. 
Kick, you help him with the meats. The man turned a key in a brushed metal lock at the end of a chain wrapped around the door handle. He opened the door, revealing a dim corridor. Bath and Cuddy followed him inside. Behind them, the boy fixed a lock on the inside, presumably for protection. They navigated the long corridor under oil-fueled lamps hanging from the ceiling. They passed doors that read maintenance, supply, and refrigeration. Listen, Cuddy said. We came from the surface, from the Hudson on a ferry. We had a friend with us, but we don't know what happened to him. Kick interrupted, concerned. Daddy, mouths control the ferries, rockheads, and Morlocks. The father paused. His pockmarked face was a splotchy crimson, wind and sun weathered. White spots freckled his neck and under his eyes. The man opened a door to their left. Candlelight flooded the hallway. Cuddy, Bath, and Kick followed their leader into what appeared to have been a large supply closet, cleaned and converted into manageable living quarters. A large mattress lay on the floor in an alcove of bookshelves. At the center of the room, a woman of indeterminate age lay in a makeshift bed. Wispy blonde hair was matted against her forehead. Pallid skin and bluish lips looked sickly in the candlelight. Hey, Sally, the man said to the woman lying at the center of the room. Me and Kickback, we brought some other grubbers with us. Bath turned to Cuddy, who visually surveyed the room. Grubbers? the doctor whispered. Cuddy made a mental inventory of unmarked boxes and crates on the left side of the room. Scavenged supplies, garbage of all kinds, were stacked on or against the boxes. Cuddy turned to the right side of the room. John, he nodded at the alcove near the sleeping area. Look. Cans, Bath spoke softly. And books. The woman at the center of the room moaned, her voice a pathetic warble of pain. Now don't you worry, Sally, the man nearby said. They ain't gonna take nothing from us. He turned to Cuddy and Bath. You fellas ain't gonna take nothing from us, are ya? No. Cuddy shook his head earnestly. We're not. Kick seemed to notice Dr. Bath gazing fondly at the scuffed spines and warped books crammed into shelves. That's our loot, the boy spoke protectively. All the candy we could carry. Everything we could find scavenging the tunnel between Brooklyn and Battery Park. You use the Kansas currency? Bath asked. Sure, Kick replied. What you use? The boy's father walked over to stand between Cuddy and Bath. We gotta get enough candy together to go have a show-and-tell up at Grand Central. Morlocks need cans. We need spinach. Bath pointed at the rows of tin and aluminum stacked on the shelf. There's a can of cream spinach right here. Behind them, Sally whimpered. Oh, my stomach. It... Her voice trailed off. He means medicine, Kick said to Bath. The boy's father pointed at the massive rodent Bath held dismissively by the tail. Kick, you get to gutting that rat. Here. Bath let the animal fall to the faded, spotted rug covering the floor. It was the only animal he had ever touched. The doctor gazed down at his pseudoskin palms, watched as subcutaneous robots beneath polished graphene went to work on the crimson animal blood, eating away at it until his hands were clean. Your wife, Cuddy said to the older man. He lifted his head reverently. What's wrong with her? The man swallowed hard. Now, I know what you're thinking. He lowered his voice. She ain't my lady. She's a sex monkey we met on the other side. We was going that way. 
She was coming this way with some traffickers. Rockheads, Kick interjected. There was a scuffle, the man continued. And yeah, I put him down. Had to protect her, protect the boy. Didn't think it was right what they... Hey! Cuddy touched the man's bicep as if to console him. He did what you had to do, right? Guess so, the man nodded. Well, anyway, that don't matter now. She's got the tox. That or Big C. He looked down at Sally, a mournful look on his wrinkled face. So, me and Kick do what we can to make her comfortable. Just seems like the Christian thing to do, see? Listening in, Dr. Bath walked away from the shelves of books and cans to where Cuddy stood near their host. You're religious? he asked. Christians? That's right, Kick followed behind Bath. That a problem? No, I, I, I just... Bath shook his head, surprised. There were, of course, religions practiced in the Phoenix Project, but he abandoned most interactions with theologians and believers. He knew his friend Mike, and Mike's lover Mindy, had faith in something bigger, but always avoided discussing this with them. He considered it weakness. I assumed, Bath explained, that given the circumstances, most people would have given up on notions of a benevolent, omnipotent God. What circumstances? Kick asked, confused. What people? Their conversation was interrupted by Sally's sharp cry and stifled moan. Kick's father knelt at her side. He turned back to Cuddy. Did you say he was a doctor? He looked hopefully at Bath. I'm not that kind of doctor, Bath put up his hands. Not a physician. Well, the man said, I'd sure appreciate if there was anything you could do to help her. Cuddy looked at Bath, his expression serious. Why don't you take a look? Bath started to protest, but said nothing. He looked at Sally, then at the man nearby. I'd really appreciate it, the man said again, imploring. Bath knelt beside the old woman. He recalled everything he read in medical textbooks and pharmacology inventories. He checked the woman's pulse, listened to her breathing, pressed her skin. When he gently lifted the woman's bruised eyelids, he saw green eyes not unlike his mother swimming back and forth. This revelation made the linguist and philosopher shudder for a moment. Bath looked over, saw the boy, Kick, skinning the monstrous rat, throwing off pieces of the creature's flesh and internal organs into a large, plastic basin built into the wall. Behind him, Kick's father and Cuddy discussed the roadway and tunnels under the river. If your friend was lucky, the man told Cuddy, he might have washed up on shore or at the other end of the tunnel. Nut Island is nearby where you fellows went under. Used to be a national park. What's there? Cuddy asked. The man shrugged. Behind them, near Bath, Sally struggled to speak. Ugh. Bellevue and Mount Sinai were destroyed, she managed. Overrun. <clears throat> My folks said Nut Island is where they moved the, the mental cases. They probably killed themselves off. Why do you say that? Bath leaned close. There was an arsenal there, Sally whispered. Bath looked back at his companion, saw the Major's expression soften. He knew Cuddy prioritized finding weapons before going too deep into Manhattan. Cuddy, Bath stood up. Can I talk to you? Dr. Bath and Major McGillicuddy walked to the dark left side of the room. Cuddy braced against two wooden boxes. Bath spoke softly but seriously. Her glands are swollen, her lungs are full of fluid, and her throat is raw. I don't think it's a tumor. Considering the contaminated water and air quality, they've done a good job preventing infection, 
and keeping her from breaking out in sores. But I doubt any antibiotic is going to help her. She's going to die, Cuddy said plainly. He thought about his father's mysterious passing, his mother's illness. He was oddly pleased neither lived long in the Phoenix Project. They never wanted that life for him, that lack of freedom. They would have hated it. Listen, Bath continued. She's lucky she lived this long on stale food and rat jerky. There's nothing we... You can do? Cuddy asked. Not without radiographic equipment, tools and instruments, the ability to biopsy, and... Cuddy waved a hand between them. I get it, he said. He wanted to help any way he could, but was also concerned about finding General Castro. The way I see it, Bath explained, we have two choices. When we drop out of the green stream, we send Ganaya back in our place. Let her take a look, make a real medical diagnosis. Or, Cuddy interjected, we do what they did. Bath glanced back at the man and Sally. We find a way to make her comfortable. Get her enough painkiller to put her out of her misery. Cuddy's eyes widened. That's a little heartless, don't you think? Bath simulacrum sighed audibly, almost humanly. I didn't say I recommended that. Cuddy crossed his arms. He looked at Bath, then over at the man whose name he didn't even know. The sick woman on the floor, deteriorating. Cuddy expected to find the ravages of destruction and disease, but expecting it and being prepared for it were two different things. You want to help them, Bath said, mechanical eyes widening. Cuddy nodded. They have weapons, supplies. Maybe we can get a map, store these bodies somewhere safe, and... His voice trailed off as he watched the man walk to where the boy, Kick, filleted the rat, cooking it over a kerosene grill. For a brief moment, Cuddy was entranced by the whip of the blue flame. Sir, Cuddy said to their host. Fellas, the man nodded. Smell that? Kick's almost got the meal ready. You're welcome to join us. You can stay here the night if you need to. Listen, Cuddy said. You said something about taking cans to parlay for... For spinach, the man interrupted. That's just what we call medicine, on account it don't come from no pharmacy, right? Mostly it's just stolen drugs scrolled away by the damn Morlocks or the Half-Men. Half-Men? Bath asked from nearby. Cuddy shot his partner a cool look. Eyes listening, their host turned to face them. If we can trouble you for a weapon, maybe a map of the area, and point us in the right direction, we'll take the cans into the city to parlay for medicine, Cuddy offered. That way, you can watch her, and we'll take the risk. Hmm... The man scratched his spotted, sunburnt head. A few matted hairs fell to his collar. Don't know. Can't say I'd be willing to put anyone in that position. You've been straight with us, Cuddy said earnestly. We're here to help. Aftermath, a Fire Pit Creative Group production. Based on a story created by Rhett Davis, with characters created by Rhett Davis, Warren Davis, Willem DeGrieff, and Cole Hoopengarner. Original script by Warren Davis, with Cole Hoopengarner. Original artwork by Warren Davis. Video production by Willem DeGrieff. Links to the sound effects used for Aftermath can be found in the description section of each episode. Aftermath and its story and characters are copyright 2020 by Firepit Creative Group.